Is that is the, is A camera rolling? Yeah. B camera rolling. <laughs> <laughs> this one is rolling. I'm I'm just confirming right now. It's rolling. Yeah, yeah it's rolling. It's red. Okay. <laughs> Shit, man. So, guys, um, for all the listeners at home, welcome to the Submit Podcast. And welcome to Keith, my first guest on the podcast. And Keith and I have met each other 10 months ago at a BJJ gym. And we're going to explain later on for the viewers at home what BJJ is. Uh, here in Zwolle, it's called uh, Marshlands Academy. Marshlands Jiu-Jitsu. Marshlands Jiu-Jitsu. That's yeah. it. Yeah, so it's Marshlands Jiu-Jitsu. And we have been training together for basically 10 months now. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to get into that at a later stage. Um, but for the people that don't know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what is it? Can you, can you like, try to explain what it is? Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a grappling art. It's, uh, it comes originally from Judo. That's adapted for more on the ground. Right. Um, it was a, a student of Kano, was a guy that, that started the judo and he, he traveled around the world and he did some prize fighting. And instead of saying that he was a judoka, he said he did jujitsu. And uh, he, uh, he tra traveled around the world and he was in Brazil. And then the Gracie family, the guy helped him out and uh, with business and things like that. And then as a, out of gratitude, he taught his sons, yeah, judo. Right. But the um, the oldest son and then the and then one the other, Carlos and the other son Helio, they yeah they put their own twist on it. Right. And especially Helio because he was a really small guy. He uh, he really uh, changed it to, to to fit a small guy as a self defense. Right. And uh, using leverage and 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 balance and, and that kind of thing. And he developed a whole guard game, which is when someone's between your legs and you wrap your legs around them. And uh, but the idea was that a smaller guy on the ground would have an advantage against a bigger guy. Yeah, which which is in basically all other martial arts, it's the other way around, right? Yeah. Basically, with all the striking arts, who hits the hardest, and that's usually a bigger guy. Right. Yeah. So that's what separates ju Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from the rest. Yeah. Right. And 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 if I. I'm just going to repeat for the people at home. So jiu-jitsu is where judo stops. Jiu-jitsu takes over. Right? Yeah, I Am think I that's a right? pretty good description. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you have elements from judo are definitely in uh, in jiu-jitsu, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but it's a, yeah, the more um, yeah evolved, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. basically, you know, the fight does not stop once, once you hit the ground. It's yeah. where it basically begins, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I think 80, 90% of the fights go to the ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's the, the sport is, has been massively popular in the last few years, I think. Yeah. But it really, it, you know, it originated from the thirties by, by Helio Gracie. And mm. then around 1993, you got the UFC. The first UFC was organized by Helio Gracie. Right. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. As far as I know, they, they, they had the, what was the name of the other videos? Gracie's in action, mm. and they were basically inviting people to come to the gyms from all different martial arts and tough guys and whatever to come and fight them. And they they would bet or they would say that they would win, mm. and they always won. Right. And then there was a whole video series that was out in the early '90s, and then 
Horian decided to, to start the Ultimate Fighter, mm. and that was basically a, to showcase Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, the Gracie right. Jiu Jitsu right. to the world, that it was a superior fighting art. Right. And to, yeah, to prove that, he got it with one of his youngest brothers, the smallest brothers, yeah, Hoist, Hoist yeah. to go. So he was like 170 pounds, and, uh, which is quite small for, compared to the other guys in, right. the, in the in UFC one. There was like sumo wrestlers and all these big karate guys, and and he won. He choked the shit out of some dude, <laughs> of everyone there, and, and blew everyone's mind. I remember because this was in 1993. I was like yeah. nine or ten years old, and I just started Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. And I remember Hoist beating the living shit out of Pat Smith. <laughs> who was a taekwondo guy yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 and he stood no chance because he was once he's on the ground he was flopping like a fish no one knew what to do yeah they didn't know what to do and we, we grew up in all those movies in the 80s that were fucking great but it was that's jean claude van damme was like, like yeah yeah spirit animal what do you know? do you kick some dude in the head so yeah yeah, yeah. do you want to be a tough guy you learn how to kick guys in the head right <laughs> and then once it goes to the ground you're flopping like a fish yeah and now and now it's what it's 30 years later and it's mm -hmm. becoming a big a big sport in the world right yeah. now, right? Yeah. yeah. So I am actually interested in your history mm -hmm. because it's obvious for the people who are listening that you're not Dutch, yeah. right? There's a little bit of Irish accent in there. Mm -hmm. So just tell us your journey from, you know, what was growing up in, 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 in Ireland like, why did you move here and, and how did you end up actually here in Zwolle at the gym? Um, well, I was born in Dublin, 1978, okay. and then uh, I grew up in Tullamore County, Offaly. It was the Midlands of Ireland. And um, yeah, Irish people like to fight. <laughs> we're not fighting with each other. Our brothers were fighting with somebody else. And uh, it's just in the culture. We're just, yeah, maybe we're angry little men. I don't know, but uh, we like to fight. Yeah. And uh, you're in fights whether you like it or not. So you're fighting over TV remote, you go out, you're fighting a football, you want to go to another neighborhood, someone wants to fight with you, which is always fine. But what, what is your first, you know, your first encounter, real personal encounter with fighting yourself? I don't even think I can remember. <laughs> You've been in so many fights? Yeah, I've been in so many. It was like nearly every day you're fighting over there. Right, so how is that for a kid growing up? Yeah, um, I was quite a scared kid. I was more scared of teachers and stuff like that. But yeah, there was, there was always fights in the schoolyard and, and you get your ass beat most of the time. I'm a right. small guy and I was a really small kid. Right. And uh, yeah, there was always bullies and uh, people just want to mess with you. So what does that do with a kid growing yeah, up? Yeah, then you want to learn how to fight right? and just to be able to defend yourself. and. Uh, yeah, so I did a bit of boxing, a bit of karate, kickboxing later. Um, and then later, before I moved to Holland, I did Muay Thai. Right. So not that I was really good at everything, but I did a bit of everything just to, to be able to at least have the idea that I could defend myself. Right. And I, yeah, Muay Thai was a really good, I found for street that works really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, speaking out of personal experience yeah. here. Yeah, it works really good because it's the, the art of the eight limbs. Right. So you got your head, elbows, knees, fists, feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. And then what brought you here to this lovely country of cows and cheese? Well, I think uh, in my early 20s, I had a pretty good party lifestyle and I met a Dutch girl and we fell in love. And she wanted to go back to Holland, so I followed her. Right. 
and we're still together and 20 years now and uh, we have a kid have a son 10 year old son but um yeah okay i was quite naive coming over here it was yeah. quite a culture shock yeah. i didn't know what to expect i'd never been here before but um i guess that's an adventurous part of me is yeah. just go fuck it let's go and see right. and the idea was for a year and then it became two years and then it's a few more years and then you're starting careers and you're doing stuff and right. you have a kid 20 years later i'm still here right so you, yeah you mentioned <laughs> careers how, how was that you know you come here you don't have a job and then yeah i started from the bottom here right. i worked uh, collecting glasses in nightclubs sweeping floors uh I worked on sailing boats, really? like sanding them down and painting and just like a shit painter. Uh, I did a season as a sailor, as a first mate really? on a ship on the Vodazay. Oh, really? Between um, uh, Harlingen and right. Tuscaling. Right. So I did that for like charter ships. Yeah. And uh, I sailed around a bit of the North Sea as well, and, uh, and as far as Germany and the, the Ocean Sea. So I did that for a year or two. Right. But I came here to be with my girlfriend, and I was a whole, all the time at sea. Right. And uh, so I came back then, and, and I, I was working for uh, as an Antonar, mm. so like uh, for the city, mm. for Ian Days, that's the immigration mm -hmm. office, just doing stupid administration, uh, scanning photographs in for for the for the, like the green cards and stuff, right, yeah, right, and right, that right. kind of stuff. And then later I. I um, I met an American guy and uh, he's living here a long time and he uh, he trained me to be a, a furniture maker. Really? Yeah, so I'm a furniture maker and a fine carpenter. And Shit. I worked for him for a couple of years and he, he taught me like so much. And then I decided to start my own business. So I did that for like 10 years. Mm. as my own business, making uh, custom furniture, bespoke furniture, the high end. Shit. And uh, then I got kind of a bit burnt out doing that because uh, oh, there's a cat. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a really good craftsman, but I'm not the best businessman. Right. So I had a bit I had a struggle with that how to how to run a business and deal with clients and and that kind of stuff. So then I made a switch and I went into education, and I've been doing that for the last three years, and uh, now I'm ready to do something else. Right. Do you know what what that is? At no, not yet. No, and we started this year. Well, we started the the, the jiu-jitsu team two right. years ago, right. and um, not as a commercial endeavor, but just three guys together, right. train together, have an idea how uh, how we wanted to train, what right. we want to do, and that went from three guys to now two years later with 60, 60 people. I think. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, so, I've been here for a year and I've seen it grow from I yeah. Think, 2020 something to so we more yeah. than double so we moved to beginning this year to a new location right. and uh made it like a, a real business so myself and matisse and michael so we do that together mm -hmm. and then uh, matisse is the the main trainer and, and michael's the assistant trainer right. and i help out where i can and i teach them the, the kids coach and we all yeah we do it together with the three of us and everybody has their own strengths and yeah yeah we have Marcel and Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. that's the the common thread that connects yeah. all four of us here because we're yeah. four people in the room. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about who Michael and Matisse were and how you got to know them? Yeah, um, I knew Matisse first. And uh, we 
met at another gym and we're training there together and slowly became good friends right and um trained a lot and then he, i was more i did mma for like 10 years 11 years and then after a while like i turned 44 in a, in a few weeks so after a while i got too old i got sick of getting punched in the face and just i thought now you're ugly enough right, <laughs> right. i have enough scars and then i got into yeah. nogi jiu-jitsu and i was doing that for a few years and then um Matisse had been to Brazil a few times and he was really enthusiastic about about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like in yeah. the gi. And I was like, I don't know, like yeah, the pajamas, I don't know if I want to yeah. do that. But yeah, you met him, he's such an enthusiastic guy yeah. and he's like, do it, call us, do it. And I think the first six months I winced and it's about how much I hated the gi. And then one day I was like, hold on a sec. This is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so for the people at home, so geese are the uniforms that we put on, the, the pajamas with the belts. And there's two two forms, right? So yep. you have two styles. No gi, which is you don't wear a gi, you just wear shorts and rash guards. And the other one is the gi one, and which is considered like the, you know, the, that's how it starts. More traditional, right. yeah. yeah. The more traditional, the traditional. and the... In competition, they have a different, different rule set, maybe, right. and uh, some techniques work in both, and some, yeah, don't don't translate right. as good. So in, right. with the key, you have the grips, you can yeah. grab the the suit, right? And you don't have that in no key, so right. it's more there'd be more wrestling aspects right. or on the hooks and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, once I switch to the key, I haven't rolled no key in three years. I think. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. How about how about Michael? How did you three get together? Yeah, then Matisse was then friends with with Michael, and Michael just started training where we were, and then through Matisse, then um, I got I got to know him better, and then I was right. like straight away, I like I like this dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Michael has this, you know, yeah. this. Uh, he's very very. His energy is very positive. Yeah. You get drawn to it. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, just an awesome dude. Both of us are awesome guys. And uh, Michael was a pro MMA fighter. Right. I think he had 27 fights and he had a really good career and he mm. fought around the world. And then when he when he stopped doing MMA, I think he got into CrossFit big for a couple of years and then he wanted to get back into, right. just back into training. And he, he wanted to do jujitsu. Yeah. And through that, then yeah, he wanted to get better. I wanted to get better, and we just we just got on so well, and the energy was just good. And uh, so then we started. Then we, I think, it was the, the beginning, just from the first lockdown, I don't know, 2020. All that shit happened, and we were trained together, and then slowly it built from there. And then when everything right. opened up again, like two years ago, we had a small team, and there's some guys that came over to train with us, and. Just went from strength to strength, and right. Matisse had a very strong vision of how he wanted to train. So, can you can you explain that vision and how it differs from most? Um, I think a lot of gyms, they, in my experience, they have like a, usually like an hour lesson, right. and you get you start with a warm up, ten minutes, and then you do a bit of technique, and let's say it's an arm bar, and you do it two or three times, I do it yeah. two or three times. Yeah, we then, call that drilling, right? Yeah, yeah, and then then you get maybe another technique, and they're not always connected to each other they're like two random positions kind of um and i'm not saying a lot of gyms do that but some gyms do that and uh then it's pretty quickly do some rolling like a sparring right. and then that's it then your hours done and right. we're more from uh we definitely do teams so we, we focus on certain positions for two to three weeks 
and we drill the shit out of them. So uh, we start the class and the warm up is basically the technique. Right. And you just keep on adding layers, more details and details. Right. And then you're doing it for like 45 minutes and we drill, drill, drill. And then we do positional sparring. So from that position and you're sparring for what you just learned to get it into the system. Right. And then maybe the last 45 minutes, half hour, we're just rolling. But yeah, right. most training is an hour and a half, two hours. Right. Yeah. So that in that in itself. Yeah is different than so, most gyms you yeah. encounter. So the f- basically you can almost say that the first half of the, the lesson is just drilling and going over concepts and, and, and technique and just details and details. Yeah. And uh, then the second half is sparring. So then the first half, the second half yeah. is just positional sparring. And then after that kind of free sparring. Right, right. So yeah, and that's basically what everybody's looking forward to when well, you come the, to class, think, right? Yeah, because it it takes a certain person to, to like it right. because it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of repetition. But I've noticed with the guys and with myself that you you progress really fast hmm. and uh, you get really good at it. instead of having yeah, it's like Bruce Lee said, I'm scared of the guy, not the guy that does a thousand hmm. different kicks, but yeah. the guy that did one kick a, a thousand, thousand times, times, and that's yeah. kind of how it is. And uh, I see the guys getting so good so quick, yeah. you know, so. But, dude, the entry level, like, when you enter, it's fucking grueling, man. Yeah. It's like, though, I've done a lot of shit in my life. I have, you know, I've, I've built businesses. I've done pretty challenging shit, but I can legit say that starting jujitsu and sticking with it it's actually the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, it's fucking hard. <laughs> it's fucking grueling, man. And sometimes you question your old sanity as well. Go, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Right. In, in every different context, yeah. if you tell people that you just basically like roll with other, literally roll with other men in intimate situations <laughs> and try to break their arms, people are like, yeah, well, yeah. you're out of your mind. It's a murder yoga. The thing is, you know, and one of the things that actually in the beginning fascinated me the, bo- the most is the belt system. Yeah. Because uh, like I said, I came from Taekwondo mm-hmm. where we just have like once or twice you have exams mm-hmm. and basically stick with it during time and you will progress. And for the most part, jujitsu doesn't have that, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a really long road to get to. Yeah, black belt is the the highest belt. Right. You have white, you have blue. So what? Uh, blue is the first kind of beginner. Um, well, you have white and then blue, so they're mm. beginner belts, and then purple is the first expert belt. Right. And then you have brown belt and then black belt. But it could take anywhere between ten and fifteen years to get from white to black. And you don't know if you ever get there, right? You know, so uh, I'm a blue belt right now, and yeah, you're two two striped blue belts. Yeah, whatever that is. (laughs) But I'm a yeah, I'm a blue belt, and uh, yeah, a lot of the MMA and the grappling that I did helped me in the beginning. So I I wasn't very long a white belt, but I've been a blue belt since 2019, Mm. and I had a blue belt before in Nogi. Right, a blue belt ten planet. Right. That I got from Jeremy Fields. Right. Oh, nice. That's an OG yeah. name. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, respect. And uh, I got that in 2017. And then I went to the Gi. And then it was 2019. I got my blue belt. Right. And now it's 2-22. Right. So it's a long road. Yeah. Know? So for, for the people at home, yeah. you know, 
they're not set exams. They're not exact set exam well, times. Right? I think, as far as I understand, there's there's a kind of two different systems. There's some right. schools that are a bit more organized, and they be like a like more national level, and and they have like a curriculum, and they want right. you to to do certain things to get certain belts. A lot of these guys also have a. What do you call it? A Vince model? Kind of yeah, well, well it, it's basically <laughs> you, you want yeah. customers. They want customers. They have a certain the system as well, right. and you want to keep people doing it. And, yeah. and uh, the system that we have is, is um, yeah, you get your belt when they think you're that good. No, and then I, I think this is the brilliant part of why it's so hard yeah. to stick with it. Yeah. Because you don't know what the, you know, what your professor wants to see from you and it can yeah. be different yeah in each and every person right? yeah because yeah. and you're comparing yourself to everybody around right. you and yeah eventually yeah, i think you realize that everyone's journey is different right and when you start comparing yourself to other people then you go crazy yeah been, you know? been there like, you know and then you're like oh he got a stripe and i didn't get a stripe and right. uh, i was blue belt before him and is that gonna be purple belt already right. and, uh, but um I was only talking about Matisse this morning. I was like, yeah. I'd rather be like, a, when I get my purple belt, I know that I deserve it, that, right. it's, that it's legit. Right. So even if that takes two or three years, I don't care. Right. And I just, right now, I'll just be the meanest blue belt I can be. <laughs> right, right. Because for the people who don't know, so there's, you start out at white, yeah. then there's blue, then yeah. there's purple, and then there's brown, and then there's black. Yeah. But in between those belts, you have the stripe system. Yeah, and that's not every gym does that. Right. And I think even Matisse was even contemplating getting rid of it. Right. But I think for, for kids and definitely for white belts, it's encouraging. And you can see that you're making progression. It's right. like an acknowledgement that, that you're improving, that you're understanding. Because the grind is so hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so for, for context, blue belt, two stripes. Yeah. Michael, blue belt, two stripes. Yeah. Matisse, I think, is brown belt, three stripes. Yeah. I am a white belt, one stripe. I'm very early in my journey. Yeah. You are one white belt, white stripe, and you are white belt, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's the four yeah. of us right here. And yeah. you never know when you're going to promote. No, not really. Basically. No. And no. I think that's that system is not, it's, it's, it's based on merit and not yeah. on time. No, it's just how good you are. And then... Right. Yeah, and it's not something I decide. That's uh, and Matisse, he's almost black belt, so he's yeah. able to promote the the lower belts. Mm -hmm. But it's always uh, talking with with Barry Van Dorsen. Right. That's our that's our, our black, black belt. belt, right? And then Remco Pradul as well. Right. And we asked, he asked them for advice, and sometimes he, if they're over, he's like, "You have a look at that guy. What do you think of him?" Right. And I think that's kind of how it works. Now, which segue to Remco Pradul, which mm. is crazy because he was in UFC one. Right? Not or one, two? he was in UFC 2, I think. Two. As, as, a, as a traditional jiu-jitsu guy, right? Yeah. As far yeah. As you know. yeah. And that's, for me, this is so mind-boggling yeah. because I remember him from the early yeah. 90s watching yeah. the UFC tapes. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, yeah. he is like in our lineage. He walks into our gym. Right. You know? Shit. I remember seeing him on V because I saw it on VHS in the right, 90s. Same. And, all, and like a few years later, not even when it came out straight away, I think it was like 96, 97. Right. Before I saw the VHS. Right. You see this fucking, the Grizzly. Yeah. But he's the coolest guy ever. Yeah, I remember. He's such a nice guy. I remember like when I met him for the first time, I was kind of starstruck. 
Yeah, I was a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I was a big dude, and he's a, he he brought Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to the Netherlands. So right. after he lost to to Hoyce, right. then he he went to Brazil and he he studied like a like a madman, right, and got his black belt, and then he brought that knowledge to the Netherlands. So he's the fucking OG here. Shit, it's so basically it's because of him that we have BJJ yeah. in the Netherlands. Yeah. And he comes in our gym and trains with us. He comes in know. the gyms and that's the most gracious guy. He's uh, he's so free with his knowledge and uh, always giving tips and, and just just an all around nice guy. Right. And and Barry also. Barry too. Like, like that's uh, he's like the the Yoda of the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> yeah, you know? he is a Yoda. So the, yeah. our lineage is yeah. you have Remco Pardu as the, the the highest black belt. Yeah. Under him, we have Body as his black belt. Yeah. And under Body is Matisse progressing the ladder. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that's the Dutch line. And then we also have Tulio. Right. In Brazil. Mm-hmm. And Tulio then is uh, when Matisse goes to Brazil, he trains at Tulio in Berlin. Right. What's his second name? Dave Rosario, I think. And I think um, so. so that's that's the, the Brazilian line. Shit. So, so we have two lineages. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So we're, we're spoiled. And like, yeah, Barry is a, that's the coolest guy ever. He gave me my blue belt in really? 2019. Yeah. Really? And I kind of was having trouble then and I stopped for a bit and he he, he called me up and he's like, dude, you have to come back training. And I was out for about a month and then mm. I came back and trained for a bit and he gave me my blues. So, yeah. oh. Guys like you, you, you can't not train, he said. Oh, that's <laughs> so know? cool. So he's a cool guy and I, he, he helped me out a lot. And also, you know, if, if you see him, he's he's not that uh, a physically imposing guy, he's right? Because Alenko is big. He's he's really yeah, his, his nickname it was the Grizzly, right? And Barry is a is a, is a small guy, but fuck man, he will tie you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard he's pretty strong. He's strong as a bear. Yeah, I haven't yeah. rolled with him yet. I wanna. But yeah. I yeah. He's just which, so tight. It's it's crazy. The, which again proves that yeah. size up till a certain degree does not matter, right? Yeah. No. And that's something that me as a white, a smaller white belt, I have to keep that in mind because, man, I get tapped out so yeah. much, man, yeah, by yeah. bigger guys. Yeah. But the thing is, um, I remember very well my first lesson in July. And, you know, I, I was coming in and we had a talk before, you know, through email. You yeah. asked, do you have any martial arts experience? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay, I have a little bit of taekwondo experience. And then um, I came into the lesson and Michael introduced himself and he also, you know, he kept an eye on me, but mm-hmm. because I had prior experience, he, mm-hmm. he let me do my thing. I thought that I could hold myself like for an hour, or an hour mm-hmm. and a half, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a rude awakening. The, the ego killer was there, man. Yeah. It's, it's the experience is, I can only describe it as, you know, falling into the water without knowing how to swim. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're you're flapping all arms and yeah, legs, yeah. you're barely, barely, barely getting breath. Yeah, and you're nearly you're drowning. drowning yeah. Whatever you do, yeah. you're drowning. Yeah, and once you go through the system, you learn the moves, and you just realize that if you understand jujitsu and you can apply it, and you master jujitsu, you are the water for other people. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah, you're a shark crazy. in the water. I think uh, Machado says. But uh, yeah, you, you, you get used to being comfortable right. in the uncomfortable. That's like right. a thing that's said so much, but it's so true. It's, I think that that's why I'm such an advocate for everybody to at least 
you know, try the experience once. Yeah. Because nothing humbles you more than because you know, everybody thinks they can fight. Every yeah. guy thinks yeah. they can fight. It's kind of an animalistic thing. Yeah. It's a primal thing. We, uh, but if you if you don't think if you don't feel that you can fight, you feel very insecure. Right. And know? that's what happens that at that first That's why lesson. people get stabbed and stuff on the street because yeah. They overestimate. Yeah, the guys, but guys are insecure, and that's why they carry weapons and that right. kind of stuff. But that's the the brilliance of jujitsu. You know, the mat makes everybody, you know, it levels everybody out. And yeah. if you bring ego, you're gonna find out pretty soon that yeah. there's always somebody better than you. Always, and even when you're a black belt, there's levels to everything. Right. Know? It's like you think, oh, I'm a good blue belt, and I meet some competition blue belt, and he'll right. eat me for fucking. <laughs> 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 it's it's what Joe Rogan says, right? Yeah. It's like. Um, how does he say it? It's uh, complicated problem solving with dire physical consequences. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's human chess, and that's yeah, kind of what, uh, it, what yeah. it basically feels like. Yeah. you get yeah. folded into those positions that you don't even know existed. Yeah, and I, I I discovered very quickly that one of my like my big mistake was trying to power through everything <laughs> because I lacked. I lack the technical skill, yeah, yeah. so I tried to go 100% on yeah. everything, which yeah. gassed me out within like yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, the other person just chokes you out. Yeah, you're just like a piece of dirty laundry. <laughs> just <laughs> get them folded up. <laughs> yeah. That's why the drop-off rate is so high, right? Yeah, yeah it, it's such a, the progress is so slow. Sometimes you have like the first three months, you'll get really good. The difference between someone that's three months of training and no training is like night and day. Right. And then it's like you're able to tread water already. And then you kind of plateau a bit and then... Oh, I've had that. Yeah. Yeah, you plateau. Everybody has plateau. You have to get through that. And or the, you just... You're getting better, but people around you are getting better faster. Right. You know? Or maybe you're busy with a certain... We're busy with a certain concept uh, or a certain position. And it's just not your position. We're doing stuff at the moment. Spider guy. Right. And, for less, and I'm not a flexible dude, you know. And, and I fucking hated it the first week. <laughs> yeah. And now after three weeks, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm starting to get a basic understanding for that right. position and stuff. But you put half guard. Yeah, I'll fuck everybody up. A half guard. Right, you know? right. That's old man guard. No, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, there's different parts of the game that suit different people and, and yeah. something suits you and some things don't. And the longer you're in it, then you start developing your own style right. and, and it's, it's like a, like you're taking this and you're taking this, like cooking, you know, you're taking different ingredients. And, th- and that's that elusive word, right? That yeah. people just say that your game, you yeah, start to develop your game. Your you start game. to develop your game. Right. And in the beginning, you don't know what the game is. Right. And then and then, you, then slowly you start realizing that there's different facets in Jiu-Jitsu and right. You can chain them all together, or you can take one piece out, and or just do one thing, and, yeah. and, and yeah. So, so, would you say if you get if you have two people with the same skill set, but they both do not know jujitsu, they are the same size. One does not train, and mm-hmm. the other one trains for three months straight. Mm-hmm. The experienced guy is gonna demolish the other guy. I would probably put my money on it. Yeah. 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 Even if he's bigger. Um. Yeah, three months is short, but no, I still be pretty confident saying that uh, that they would hold their own and right. probably probably come out on top. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I said before, it's so as a white belt man, it's so mm-hmm. grueling, and the hardest part is to stay motivated. Mm-hmm. And that's where I do think that that stripe system comes in. Yeah. Because if you have two years and you just yeah. get crushed, because a lot most people rushing. are two years of white belt. Right. And uh, the first year is just 
it's a, it's yeah, it's tough. It's like a baptism of fire. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that's what we brought in uh, recently in March. We brought in a beginners class. We didn't have a beginners class the first right. two years, right. and that's uh, yeah. Oh, all of us. We all of you are all. We 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 did the baptism. <laughs> yeah, right? y'all just got, got thrown in the deep end with, with sure. everybody else, and that's a that's a tough way to 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 get into it, and it's a big jump. Right. And yeah, it says a lot about you guys that you all still train. But the thing is, the thing I think all of us can relate. We were doing the maybe for eight or nine months more, even more the the advanced, right? And Mm -hmm. getting tapped out and submitted every second. And then we go into the beginners class. We have that head start. Yeah. But then all of a sudden things click. Yeah. Right. For me, I was like, oh shit. I could have just done this. Yeah. And it was, I would my arm wouldn't have been arm bar for 40 times you yeah, know? yeah 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 but you know building that game it gives me confidence right now that i can you know, hold my own in advanced class yeah i have a good fundamentals because you know? right. in the end it all comes down to fundamentals and if you right. if you're wrong with a black belt they're gonna roll you they're gonna tap you with with probably like a guillotine or right. something simple that you learn in beginners class right because it works he just does it at a black belt level or she right. does it Right. at such a high level but it's it, it, all that fancy shit yeah yeah it works but the real fundamentals that's that's the lasting thing that's the crazy thing because if you do an arm bar and you want to do it correctly mm-hmm. there's like five things that have to go right in that process otherwise you're mm-hmm. not going to get it right? yeah. and that's yeah. why in at white belt level you fail so many times because mm-hmm. maybe two or three things of the five you yeah. have down yeah yeah and then you just start yanking in the other person does not does not tap out yeah, like, yeah what yeah, the yeah. fuck is happening yeah, here yeah, yeah it's it's grueling and, and, and i think for me everybody should 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 try at least one class to know what you're made of yeah definitely definitely i'm i have an older brother he's now 47 he's 48 and uh, he was looking for something for his kids to do. Right. And I told him, do that. He, he trains with, with Kieran Davin and Tony right. Moore. Oh, nice. And uh, I was there on Monday, just for an hour. And uh, his kids are training there about three years now, three, four years. Right. And then my brother started two or three years ago as well. And I have another brother that trains, in, that lives in America. And he was looking for something for his kid. who's like 10 or 12. And uh, he started jiu-jitsu, so he's doing jiu-jitsu for a year. And then right. from sitting there and watching, then my brother started as well. So both my brothers train. Yeah, it's the, you yeah. Know, the oil spill that just yeah. starts to grow. And and they realize now they're competitive guys. They all did rugby and stuff like right. that back in the day. So yeah, they're, they're addicted as well. And that's the crazy thing, because one of the things that I've seen all across the board in the community is that, you know, the thing with jiu-jitsu is it's it's representative of life, right? The yeah. road of jiu-jitsu, the path is long and yeah. hard, right? And, yeah. and you fall and you have to stand up and you have to conquer conquer those challenges. And what I see is um, a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu community or a lot of people who practice jiu-jitsu basically share a similar backstory of darkness and being at the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking for myself, uh, I am in this process right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two two years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, major clinical depression, with uh, suicidal tendencies that I've struggled with for all my life. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I decided to try jujitsu to at least 
have do something with sports mm-hmm. and at least get out of my house and to challenge myself a bit yeah. and maybe fulfill that childhood dream of one day doing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And what I discovered was that although with my condition I thought I was alone in this world and felt very lonely, mm-hmm. a lot of our teammates are struggling with the same things. Yeah. Which made me realize if I show up to training, I don't even just show up for myself. I also show up to help another person. Yeah. And is this something that you see across the board also? Yeah, definitely. And my own experience as well. Right. I suffer from depression. And uh, yeah, about two years ago, for me, it got really out of hand. Right. But I've dealing with depression my whole life. And right. it's not it's something my family really even know. Right. It's not something that I really talked about. But yeah, I know exactly what it's like. And, and even though... I'm like one of the co-owners of the gym. I have days where I don't even want to go. Yeah. Same. And it takes me a whole day to just pack my bag and I'm trying to think, oh, I sent Michael Matisse a message. Oh, I don't right. feel good today. Or, and then I felt that because the, the, that just getting in the door sometimes is the hardest thing that you'll do in a week, you right. know? And I've never, ever, ever regretted a training, but getting right. there sometimes is the hardest. But yeah, once you put your foot on the mat, there's no tomorrow, there's no yesterday, it's just today. Yeah, the, the, the crazy thing is, yeah. I, for me it's the same, you know, just, you know, I always know that if I go, I will feel better about myself afterwards. But... It's a tough sell sometimes. Shit, <laughs> man. I suffer so bad from yeah. social anxiety. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, that sometimes, you know, I, I cannot deal with more than five people at a time. Yeah. And I remember the first time I went to training to, to, to do my first lessons with you guys, I had to really calm myself down mm-hmm. and try to shut myself down for, 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 all, for all impulses that yeah. I have. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, yeah. um, sensory overload. Right, you know? sensory overload. You get submitted, right? Yeah. Your ego gets crushed. Yeah. And then I knew from that point on that I wanted to do it, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure if I was able to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... The second time I came to gym, I came to make photographs mm-hmm. just to get a sense if I could handle all those impulses and could vibe with the people. Yeah. Because one of the things that's not good for me is when I get, when, when there's like toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. man, then that, 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 that comp- competitive mind of me starts yeah, working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's the worst for me. Yeah, yeah. So once I discovered at our gym that basically there was no ego. No, there is egos, but that kind of that kind of macho kind of shit. Yeah, there's like, no machismo, right? It's probably a little bit, you know, but it's one thing that me and Matisse and Michael are like allergic for, you know. Right. And when we started the gym, we had a really clear vision of what we wanted. We wanted to have a good vibe where everybody can train, feel safe, and everybody can get better. Right. And that nobody's getting injured. Right. And if there's an asshole in the gym, he's getting out. He, right. He's been kicked out. Right. If someone's hurting people and just being a big fucking ego, I have no time for that. Right. And look, we've been like blessed. We haven't had any incidents at all yet, right. you know. But I've seen it in other gyms and, and, and one guy can can ruin a whole team. You right. Know? Just by injuring people and just being that ego. So I didn't want that at all. Right. And, and I think that supports the whole cultural culture that we have in the gym, which is not toxic. 
Mm-hmm. No, if you want to roll for five rounds, you can roll for five rounds. But if you want to take a break, you take a break. Nobody really calls you out like that. Yeah, something depends. Sometimes we... <laughs> well, we, we get pushed. Yeah. But it's never to that point that you are starting to patronize people. But I'm not going to make you roll if you don't right. roll, you know. But right. yeah, sometimes it, yeah, the guys give me a kick in the ass. Oh, come on, keep in and around, you know. We got Europeans right. next month. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Right. But uh, yeah, that's more more encouragement. But it's not 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 in like a pushy way. It's right. more. Yeah, we're really good friends, and we can say a lot of things to each other. So, but not in, in not like in a, in a macho kind of. Yeah. Pussy, get in there. Because that <laughs> stuff, man, I'm so yeah. over that stuff. Yeah, yeah, me it's, too. There's, I don't got time. Like for I that train shit. nearly every day, and, and, and when I go to the gym, it's like going to my house. Right. You know, and I want to feel comfortable in my house. And I want other people with, I'm Irish and, and I want people to feel welcome in my house. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing I think that sets us apart from other gyms. I'd like to think so. There's, yeah. this, there, there's this intangible that I just kind of mm. put into words that it's a very loving family. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really, really supportive, you know, yeah. and, and, and I, I love everybody that, 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 that trains me. Like I really... Some people I would like to get to know better, but there's not one person that I don't like. I, I, I like them all, you know, right. and everybody brings their own thing. And and I love seeing everybody getting better and progression. Mm-hmm. And they make me better. When they get better, I get better. So how does it feel for you to see the gym grow within a year from two, 20, 20 something people to almost 40 or 15 right yeah, at this I think point? About 50 and then you think, it, yeah, it's great. And, and not too quick. I don't want it to go quick. I don't want it to be like a Mac Dojo. Right. Of course, I want growth and, and It'd be cool if I could get some money back out of it that uh, could work less. Right. Because I love being at the gym. But that's not the motivation. The motivation is have, like, the best jiu-jitsu team in the Netherlands. Right. And then the best jiu-jitsu team in the Benelux and the best jiu-jitsu team in Europe. Right. And we want that when people think of jiu-jitsu, they think of martial arts. Right. And I want guys to be we're pretty, like, competition-focused uh, and... I want guys to look at the pool and they see marshlands and they go, oh, fuck. That's what I want. And I, at every level, like white belt to black belt, right. they go, shit, those guys, they, they pass guard really good or they have really good guard retention. Or they're just savages. Yeah, the thing with, uh, you know, um, competition is when I started, I remember telling myself, never ever <laughs> gonna go to competition with yeah. this shit because. I can never get at that level that I can hold myself at competition. Yeah. Lo and behold, three weeks ago, because of your story, yeah. I registered yeah. for October. Yeah. And Boy, that's fucking awesome. Dude, I don't even, I actually don't really care f- about winning the competition, actually. Yeah. But I care about at least, you know, going from somebody who cannot leave his house without, mm-hmm. without having a meltdown to actually going with a team to a competition and to compete and just to go yeah. there for the experience. Yeah. And and, and that's what Jiu-Jitsu brought and that's what your your story actually yeah. um, inspired me to do, which I think is a great story. Is, mm-hmm. is there some, can you share it? Yeah, I think uh, I was training no gi and I did the Primal Games in 2018 and I have really bad asthma as well, so I, I have it under control the last few years. But back then, I used to gas out a lot, and, and I wasn't training hard enough. And, and but, and I didn't like competitions. I hate the anxiety would fucking kill me. Right. Even when I played football and, and that kind of stuff, I hated games. The competition, I just uh, my heart would be in my chest, just boom, 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 
Right. I couldn't handle it. And um, then I did that tournament and I'd known Matisse about a year, I think then. We've been training a lot. So he was in my corner. So he was just shouting stuff at me and I, I did pretty good. Right. I think I gained fifth or something. But I, I never really medal or anything like that before, but I was happy how I did. I got over the anxiety. There was one guy that was like, this is supposed to be the best guy from this gym. And, and I think I bet him on a referee uh, um, uh, call. But I was happy that I did okay. And uh, But after that, I was like, fuck, the stress was so bad. And I had so much muscle pain. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I think I even got flu or something the next day. And then flu with muscle pain from a tournament. Right. I was like, fucking 40. I'm not doing this shit anymore. I'm like, uh, dude, with... Uh, Depression, anxiety, PTSD, ADD, asthma. I've got a really bad back. I've like oh. a, um, um, a birth defect in my spine. So sometimes I'm like on my back for a few weeks and, and just had like, like I said before, it was like, it was the easiest decision I ever made. I was like, fuck, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to put yourself through that? It's just hardship. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to fuck yourself so Yeah, hard? why would you do that? Go, I just, all that anxiety and then you're there and you slap hands and then you're like, holy shit, this dude's going to try and fuck yeah, you. He's, he's going to try to you choke know, you. The lights are on and yeah. then you're kind of wrestling and you're like, oh, fuck, I would have panic attacks and stuff. I would go crazy. And, uh, and I would never perform good, you know? Right. And uh, at least under I, the level that I felt I was capable of. So I decided then, that's it, I'm not doing fucking competitions anymore. And then, um, yeah, the last two years, the guys have been doing competitions and any tournament going, they, they've been like doing really well, but just go like, some of the guys think Ruben goes like every month or something, right. he doesn't want tournament, and, uh, which is great. And they're just getting that, and it's not about the wins, it's more about the getting that experience, they're right. just doing it. And then, uh, and Mike as well, like, everyone was just doing tournaments. And I was like, no, nah, it's not for me. It's not for me. Right. Why, I, why was it not for you? Because just the anxiety. I just felt yeah. I was too old. And uh, it was just, I, I just couldn't handle the stress. Right. But I'm training with the guys and I'm just as good. I'm training just as hard. But when Yeah, it come, we, we roll hard. You know, but yeah. when it came to like going to a tournament, I was like, oh, fuck. I'd have like panic attacks and nightmares yeah. and shit. So I wasn't going to do that. And then the guys were signing up for the Pan-European that's in mm. Brussels this Brussels, month. Right. And uh, before I knew it, there's like 10 guys going. I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like, yeah, it's kind of my gym with the guys. It'd be kind of cool to go with them. Right. So we go for a weekend. I think they're going on the train and then staying the weekend and come back down. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to go and support and have like a boys weekend. Right. And then I was thinking, yeah, Matisse and Michael said, you know, why don't you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's for me. Mm. And then eventually, um, eventually it, it just kind of grew because I really, I think deep down I really wanted to, right. and I was jealous that they were all doing it. I just, I was just too scared. Mm. So then eventually I signed up. I was talking to Matisse, and then I just we sent a message to Michael because he's the money man. I go, okay, you go online to Smoothcom and, right. and sign me in. So he signed me in, and that was done. How did you feel? How did you feel when you saw that? I was fucking that? terrified. <laughs> yeah. I think I sent you a video that I made for myself. Yeah. And I'm fucking nearly crying, going, oh man, what the hell? I'm so fucking scared. Right. Terrified. What, what are you scared of? Because you, you, you're thinking, or I'm thinking all these doom scenarios. Right. I'm thinking, I'm going to get fucking smashed. I'm going to gas out. I'm going to get beaten. People are going to think my jiu-jitsu is shit. Um, 
I'm kind of known as the tough old guy. Right. I'm a bit the tough old guy, and you kind of have that kind of reputation. And kind right. of, you build kind of a role, you create a role for right. yourself, especially in the, in the gym like that. And that you don't want to get exposed. Yeah, you you feel you're gonna get exposed, and right. and and uh, yeah, people think oh shit, and and. Yeah, fuck, I lose, and then I'm a fucking loser, and everybody right. thinks I'm a loser, and you just have all these irrational reasons, fears, you know? Right. And then the guy, then Matisse suggested there was a, a tournament in Eindhoven then a few weeks ago, and he's like, maybe you should do that. It's a small little tournament. There's no Masters division, so master, what I'm doing in the Europeans this month is Masters 2. Right. So it's big guys from... 40 to 49. So right. the guys my age, my height, or my age, my weight, my level. And this tournament was young guys. So it was just an open, they're all my weight and, right. and, and, and level, but they're all half my age. I'm like 1978 and I'm looking at this guy's, his date of birth 2004. Right. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. I graduated high school in 1996. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, fuck these young guys and, and they're hungry, you know? And I was like, fuck, he's like, just do it, just do it. I'm like, okay, I did it. I signed in and then straight away, nightmares. Right. Nightmares. Like and literal I, nightmares. Yeah, no, I didn't sleep. Like I sleep bad anyway, but I was like, I slept really, like doom scenarios. So the first week I was just fucking panicking. Right. And like I said, all these doom scenarios, people gonna think I'm shit and just fucking fuck. And I regretted it. Like, why the fuck am I doing this? And then after a week, yeah, I had to do a lot of breathing. I do a lot of nasal breathing that helps my asthma, mm -hmm. but also to calm myself down, do a lot like uh, abdominal breathing, you know, with your belly and through right. your nose, and that mm -hmm. really helped me calm me down. So anytime I would just think of, of competing, I would feel like the, the anxiety coming up. Right. Like, oh, fuck, fuck. And I'd sit in my chair and I'd try to breathe it out, you know? And then after a week, it kind of, it got less. And there's just a little bit of excitement even, you know? And uh, then the closer we got, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. We're just going to do it. And then, yeah, we turned up, turned up the morning outside the gym. All the guys are there. And uh, it's just, yeah, we feel like you're like Vikings or right. something. Yeah, you know, right, all the guys right, are yeah. going together. We go on a convoy there and we in together. And uh, then when I got there, I just I wasn't nervous anymore. Right. I didn't give a shit. Right. And, uh, I think I had three fights and then I got in the very first exchange in my very first fight, I got an accidental toe in my eye <laughs> that, uh, that uh, damaged my cornea. So I was like blind in one eye. Right. And uh, like literally you couldn't see out of that. I eye. was tearing out. But actually, I got a big toe in one eye. I have to check the video and I think got the other toes in the other eye. So I was rubbing this eye first, yeah. but then the other eye was starting to hurt so bad. So I'm just watering. And, uh, but the kid was good. And, uh, I, I lost that match, and then the second match, I was almost totally blind. Right, you <laughs> rolled blind, you, you, you fucking, fought blind? More or less, yeah, I was like, but I was kind of like, that whole, all the, the anxiety leading up to it, I was like, I can't quit now, right. I have to just, uh, I'm like, uh, I, have to, I have to finish the game. Right. Uh, I came here, I have to finish the game. And even if I go in and get tapped out, I don't give a fuck, but right. I'm not, I didn't get dressed up for none. You know, I'm like, I'm here, I'm gonna do it. And I did all right, I won that match, and then, uh, in the third match, I was against one of our own guys, Ricardo, and yeah. uh, I didn't want to be against one of my own guys. And he, we were kind of looking at each other, and I just go, dude, just fucking take my head off. Right, right. And he did. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, which kind of was one of my anxieties as well. Oh, if I meet one of my own guys, and then he taps me in a tournament, then what the fuck, what mm. are people going to think? Uh, right. 
but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the journey is your reward. It's the, f the battle is inside, right. you know, and the medals and all that's nice, but it, it, it doesn't matter. And, so and in essentially, essentially, you're saying jujitsu is not, it's not, you know, fighting your partner or fighting your competitor. It's fighting yourself. Totally. You're always fighting yourself. Totally. I think you're your own, your own worst enemy in a lot of ways, right. you know, and, and, and all the things, the insecurities, it's, it's always about yourself, you know, and comparing yourself to other people and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and it fucks with your head. Right. It messes you up. So how did you feel afterwards? Though? I felt great, and and yeah, I was, I, I got over the fear. Like I was still scared, and mm. when I was in there, I kind of pride myself. I grew. I'm a tradesman. I've got strong grips. I'm a strong guy. I'm fit, you know. But I felt really weak in there. I felt weak. I felt slow. Right. The guys all felt stronger. They all felt faster, and definitely the in the beginning I was like, oh, what the fuck, these dudes. Are, what am I doing here? I, right. I felt like I didn't know anything. And then later in the, in the second fight, it started to come back a bit. I started to recognize musicians. I could hear Matisse and he's trying to do what he's telling me to do. And and that went really good then. Right. But, uh, the, the fear doesn't totally go away, but you just kind of deal with it. Right. You accept it. But does this help you with your everyday struggles? Totally. Right. Yeah, because, yeah, like I said, You've been comfortable in the uncomfortable, and uh, you can put you can translate that to any facet of your life. Right. Like if it's a, in business relationships, raising kids, right. you know, it's like uh, yeah, totally. Just don't panic. Right. Stay calm. Keep breathing. Right. Keep breathing. Look around. There's a solution here somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's basically complex problem solving at a very rapid pace. Yeah. And once you get challenged and you get sucked into that vortex, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like a muscle that you train, right? The first time you, wait, you, you try to lift that weight, it's not going mm -hmm. to work. Yeah. But if you train that muscle and get that muscle memory, and mm -hmm. it, you know, when I first started out, some things I had to think about. And now sometimes I just discover that they are doing, I'm doing it automatically because I've yeah. had so many reps. Yeah. I think it's the same thing in life, man. There's some problems that we just cannot solve because we are, we're dealing with it, with it for the first time under extreme pressure. Yeah. I, I really think that jujitsu helps with that. Yeah, I think I'd really fear, especially when I had my business, I'd fear answering the phone. Right. This anxiety, the phone would ring. I don't right. know. And then I just want to answer it. Mm. And people go, you got to answer that's your business phone. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe they want something from me, right. like uh, furniture or the furniture maker. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, and then I say, if it's important, they leave a message. Right. And then I call back or something. Then it'd be easier. Mm. And then, uh, but it was really, it started to become a real problem. But after the tournament, I got a call the next day and I didn't even look. I just picked it up and answered the phone. Right. But normally I would like sit there and same, go, dude, I nearly Google, Google the number. You know, yeah, like, say, oh, dude, same. <laughs> oh, man, this is everybody does this. I thought I was the only one. It's the first thing. It? Google it, yeah. put it into WhatsApp, yeah. put it through Facebook. Yep. <laughs> Shit, man. I, I am literally the worst person to phone. Yeah. Please send me a message before you try to call yeah. me. Right? I'm too much of an introvert for that. Yeah, <laughs> shit. But you felt empowered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you, you, it's a little battle that you win, right? You know, and you're not gonna win every battle, but if you win enough of them, 
you, you feel like you're coming out on top. And uh, yeah. And you know, and the thing with jujitsu is, you know that when you're walking down the streets, you can fucking destroy like 99% <laughs> of the people out there, yeah. no matter if you're a yeah. white belt or not. Yeah, you're definitely probably the toughest guy at the barbecue. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. If someone starts swinging, you, you, yeah, there's a good chance you could put most in the sleep. You know? Yeah, I, I know. I, <laughs> this is very funny because I actually remember having that feeling after doing a few classes. Mm-hmm. And then after, you know, getting promoted to the first stripe, I was like, nobody's going to fucking mess with me in this supermarket. No, yeah, man, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to get all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's empowering. It's, it's uh, right. yeah. So what, what would you, you know, what would you say to people who are on the fence or what would you say to people who are, uh, who are interested? Just calm down, do it. We got beginners class every Monday and just be calm, open-minded. Right. And, and the beginners class starts really kind of, it's not as intense as mm. the normal class. Right. And some guys that have some experience, they're able to go pretty quick and they don't even need it. But I think the, the beginners class, it's a lot of self-defense and right. just, just explaining the positions. It's basically, if you look at like it from a swimming point of view, you've been taught how to tread water. Right. Like the, the f- yeah, I think, the first lesson you get in cold water. Right, <laughs> right, right. I've, I've seen many people come in and be like, With shit. the toe and stuff, but yeah. I think we kind of have a program for three months that, that Matisse has developed. And, and after the three months, you're able to tread water. Right. And then then most people are, we have a few now that, that are able to go on to the advanced class, the regular lessons. And there's a few that are like, no, I think I want to do it again. And that's totally cool. And do yeah. it again. Yeah. Just come down, do it. Don't yeah, be, yeah. It's the thing is, you know, you're never gonna be ready for it because I know I have friends that are like, yeah, but maybe I'll go to the gym for a few weeks or kind of uh, work uh, on my bench press. Uh, this shit's not gonna help you. Come no, it's not gonna it. help you. We had you had CrossFit people coming, right? They were fit as fuck, and yeah. then they start rolling, and then yeah. it's like it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, dudes are really, really strong, and. Uh, was cool because the guys from CrossFit have a certain mentality. They're, right. they're really fucking into the grind, right. and that translates really good to to uh, to jujitsu. Right, they can take that, but the, the strength. I don't care how much you can bench press. Yeah, it's a different kind of. It. It's a different kind of strain, and it's a different kind of being tired. And it takes, and all those guys got over that. You know, the, the, it takes a special type of person with a certain. Uh, yeah, tenacity and, and mental toughness to get over that, that ego thing and keep going. Mm. And everybody gets that. You, you, if you just, all you have to do is just stick at it. That's what they say about black belts, right? Black belts are white belts who just never yeah. quit. Yeah. The thing, I, I really have this feeling like, we all know there are no superpowers in this world, but jujitsu are coming pretty <laughs> close. It's pretty fucking close, <laughs> pretty yeah. fucking close to yeah, a yeah. superpower. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. 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 And when, when, when you really indeed, when you learn to embrace that grind, man. That's it. And, and uh, that's what I said in, in that piece that I wrote was right. people get obsessed with the stripes and the medals and belts and all that kind of shit. Right. But it's the fucking journey. Right. If you just embrace the grind and just turn up every day and not like, am I going to get this or, or, or a stripe or whatever, just fucking go every day. Right. And it's so far I do so long now, like I don't even think... On my trainer tonight. I'm just going. Right. 
bike's packed already. <laughs> right, same, man. This is all already ready. Already. That's it. Yeah. You just go. And and even when I'm feeling shit, I go. And when I'm feeling good, I go. And 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 yeah, like you said earlier on, even if you're not into it yourself, you can help somebody else get better. Then just be someone else's fucking dummy for an hour. Right. And let them practice all your technique. Yeah. But usually after a few minutes, you get into it. Yeah, the, the thing is just, you know, it's... Uh, you, you just cannot explain what happens there because the thing that energizes you is not even, you know, maybe you're physically not there, but there's always somebody who can pick you up or there's always somebody you can help. Everybody's helping each other. And the guys that are better than you, they help you like you're their little brother. Because yeah. we all want each other to get better. Yeah, and the thing is, now you mentioned this, there's this big, you know, what... Once you're a beginner and you show up and you roll with the higher belt, you're like, oh shit, that's a blue belt. He's going to destroy, destroy me or demolish me. But that's actually not really the case. No. Right? Because they adapt to, a good training partner adapts to your level yeah. so you can learn. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you get, if, you, if you're way better than, a, than whoever you're rolling with, then yeah, you try and give them a bit of space and, right. and let them, let's say you're doing a certain technique that day, you let them try it out and let them tap you sometimes. Right. And if they start spazzing and get into right, <laughs> get scraps. They need yeah. to put people on their inner place. But no, normally you just yeah, we want each other to get better. And if I tap someone with the same move three times, then I'll explain to them. Right. I say this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm setting it up. Right. Because if you know how to defend my best technique, right, then you defend it. It makes me better at it because right. I have to right. get it even more, right. train it even better. So you get better, I get better, then you get better. That's how it works. Yeah. And we lift each other all up. Because in the end, it's, you know, in the end, it's a system, right? The yeah. systems can be learned. Yeah. It's just when you begin, when you take that first step, you cannot see that second one. Hmm. Just when you take that second step, you can see the third one and you yeah. can learn that system. And and that, yeah, like a black belt is someone who's just able to, like, he's like, step one, two, three, four, five, six, he's like 10 steps ahead. And then right. he goes back to one. And then, right. yeah. It's like when you drive and learn how to drive a car. Right. You have to talk about the bubble and you can like, you see the one car in front of you. But by the time you get your license, you're seeing 10 cars ahead of you down the end of the street and right. you see, oh, there's a junction, there's a traffic light. Your bubble just gets bigger. That's right. And in the beginning, it's like, for me, from my personal experience, standing there looking at the Everest and being like, oh, there's no fucking way, man. Yeah, but me too, still. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I have a long, long way to right. go, you know. But it's like you said, once it becomes a habit yeah. showing up. Just then it, it's not an option. Because, you know, if you quit, if you don't turn up, like I've missed a few lessons in the last six months, but there were injuries and stuff. Yeah, you know? same. But, but uh, not be, never because I didn't feel like it. Right. That's not an excuse. Yeah. Right. But once you get it in, if you if you don't go once for some stupid ass reason. There will be a second time. Then you make it easier. You right. know. So I, I even say that to my son. He I train him one day a week. And he's like, ah, I'm not really feeling it today. It's nice weather. I want to go skate. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's just 45 minutes. Mm. Just don't get in the habit of missing it, you know? Right. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because you also skate with him, right? Yeah. You're, you're like a 60-something-year-old a, a skater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started skating when I was uh, when I was 40. Right. I have a son, 10-year-old, and he's, he's really big into skating, and right. he's quite good, and we live close to the skate park here. And um, he skates uh, nearly every day. And it was something I wanted to do my whole life. Really? But I, I come, f I grew up in like a quite a rural place when I was smaller, and there was nowhere to skate, and we didn't right. have a skateboard. Right. 
And then we moved to another place and I had a new neighbor. And he was like a year older than me. And he had like a penny board, like a skateboard. Right. And I hopped on that and just straight away I fell off and I hurt my elbow like really bad. And I was like, fuck, this totally sucks. And I felt embarrassed as well. Right. So I didn't, I didn't get on a skateboard for 30 years after that. Right. Just that fear that we're talking about. Exactly. What other people are going to think about me and that kind of stuff. And then, uh, then my kids started and through him, he got some lessons. You have an indoor skate park here as well. Right. It's like a, like a, uh, that was set up by volunteers and they give kids skate lessons. They got like 80, 90 kids now that they give skate lessons every week. And uh, one of the guys there, it's a good friend of mine, Erwin, he, he started giving me skate lessons. Right. And all I want to do, I didn't need to do all that street shit. All I want to do is what the Dogtown guys did, just skate fucking bowls. Right, right. And yeah. we have a bowl in. That's, it. That's all I want to know how to do. I don't give a f- I can barely do an ollie, you know. Right. But I don't need all the fences yet. I want to like surf a bowl. That's right. what I want to do. And yeah, I think now three years later, I can skate a bowl. Well, that's that, yeah. you know, that segues perfectly into the jujitsu yeah. thing again. Well, it's, it's the same mentality almost. Right. It's because, and I know a few guys like, uh, we have the new guy Rob, the, the yeah, New yeah. Zealand guy. Yeah. I met him on the skate park. Really? Yeah. So that's your connection. He's a skater. And then I was like, tell him about right. the gym. And then he had a friend uh, in New Zealand, that uh, an Irish guy really? that was doing jiu-jitsu and was going on about it. And then just by coincidence, he met me. And I was like, yeah, me and my friends, we have a gym just down the street. Right. And he's like, okay. And then we met for coffee one day. And then, uh, I don't know, then he came and tried it out. And now he does the beginner's class. Right. Yeah. And, right. He, and he loves it, you know. But that mentality that skaters have translates really good to skateboarding because yeah. or skate to, to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because skateboarding is fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. It's like, and, and you're trying to stay on a little board and fly around and do all these tricks and you get slammed the fucking whole time. Right. So, uh, yeah, that mentality is kind of similar what you need for Jiu Jitsu. Just keep doing it and, and you'll get better. And, and, you know, again, it's just cracking the fucking system, right? Stick with the system, learn the yeah. steps, and do it. Yeah. So, what's the system for you know Marshland's jujitsu for the coming years? What what are, what are you gonna do that you can tell us? Well, what's right now vision? we just yeah we have the new place. It's nearly ready, um, and I think we're adding a few more classes now. I think we're gonna shake it up uh, mm-hmm. in the summer. I think we're looking at hopefully in the future to have. At least a second beginners class, right. and we're hoping to start a women's team, like a women's only team, right. for uh, for at least an hour a week and see how that goes. Because there's some women that, yeah, they're in the beginners class, but they don't feel totally comfortable, mm. maybe, and they'd rather be in a, in a, in a ladies ladies yeah. only class. Yeah. So I'd like to facilitate that. Right. And I know a few really good uh, ladies that are good at jujitsu. Right. You know, I was in Ireland and. There's, uh, some really good purple belts and stuff there. So right. I'd love to have that in gym too. Right. And and um, just I, I think in the next few months we'll be able to train just about every day. We train already nearly every day, but now I think uh, I think we're going to move to Wednesday to the Thursday. Right. So that we can have a, a longer lesson again. Right. right. Yeah. You want to go back to the two hour lesson. Yeah, because we're we, we kind of planning issues with the new gym. We uh, we couldn't train as long as we want on a Wednesday and it starts a bit earlier. So I want right. to change that up and I'm hoping in the next month or two that you can train just one every day and just everyone get better and uh, get better myself. And yeah, we got the Europeans on the 25th. Right. So I'm really curious to see how that, how that goes. So, uh, yeah. A lot of exciting stuff, right? Yeah. 
So for everybody who's interested, tell the people at home how they can register or look up some more information about yeah, the Yeah, you go to marsensejitsu.nl and uh, sign up for a proof class. Right. And uh, yeah, just come on down. Yeah, and then I would say And if you're really, really nervous, just come down and, and check out the vibe. Yeah. Just see if it suits you. And I'm not saying it suits everybody, right. but yeah, yeah, I think it can suit everybody. We just come down with an open mind and then uh, start your own journey. Yeah. Don't compare with other Do people. It. Yeah. There's only one more thing that I want to try with you because you, I can't win from you at the gym. Yeah. So I'm going to try to fuck you over right? you're at right. this table. So can yeah. I do an experiment with you? Yeah, go. Cool. I am uh, going to need this. Are you a gambling man? Um, yeah. I guess I gamble with my life every evening, yeah. Have you ever been to, um, do, do you ever go to uh, casinos? No, I've never been to casinos. No. So, if you go to casinos and you want to play a card game, the dealer never lets you touch the cards. Mm -hmm. They shuffle the cards like I do right now. Yeah. Because they know that if you as a player touch cards, you can manipulate them. So basically what they do is they shuffle the cards, mm -hmm. they lay the cards flat on the table, and they tell you, cut the deck. Mm -hmm. Which means just grab for about half of the deck and put it in your hand. Put it in my hand. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, just about half and then the other half is mine. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, like that. so you keep it in your hand. Mm -hmm. So you can feel these are like these are called air cushioned cards. They're a little bit a little bit um, you know, slippery and all that kind of stuff. There's this air, mm -hmm. air layer in them right. for handling. So now I'm going to instruct you what to do. You haven't been instructing me at beginner's class. Now it's my turn. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is you're just going to put cards down like I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Just put them down. Okay. You can stop whenever you like. Hey, don't let me influence you. Stop whenever you like, but keep a small deck of cards okay. left. Right. Now, you divide it into two packs. On the table? Yeah, and then put them in your hands. Like that? Yeah, like this. Right. Now I'm gonna let you decide which hand goes on your pack first. And I will do the same on my pack. So you decide for both. Which one is going to go on the pack first? Um, do your right hand. Right hand. So right hand first. You're going to do the same. Yeah. On right top. hand on top. Yeah. yeah. And then the left hand on top. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get the pack. Grab the pack. Fan it out a little bit. And from the middle, choose a few cards that you just put on top. From the middle. Yeah. Does it matter how many? Or? Uh, just a few. Choose. Put them on top. Yeah. Right. Cool. So. Let's recap. You chose, you cut the deck, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You chose how many cards you took. Yeah. Then you decided when to stop mm -hmm. putting the cards down. Then you decided which hand went on top of the other one first. Mm -hmm. And then you decide how many you put on the top from the middle. Yeah. Did I influence you? Yeah, probably subliminally right now. Yeah, you didn't. No. So let's make four packs from left to right. Yeah until your cards you know, until you're out of cards just like that just like that yeah from left to right yeah okay. just be consistent right, okay. 
so bad at this. No, it's all good. You guys keeping a close eye on this? Don't let him cheat. <laughs> okay. So, roll out of cards. Mm -hmm. And in psychology, there's this concept, it's called mirroring. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. Because I started to stack them up and you stacked them up also. Mm -hmm. Did you see me uh, manipulate any of the cards, which is called sleight of hand in magic? Not to my knowledge, yeah. Right. Because these are four <laughs> same cards. <laughs> have you ever learned sleight of hand, actually? No. Never? No. Try to explain what you have. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And you can turn all the other cards over if you want. They are different. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. No, I'm impressed. Oh. And what this illustrates is there's a system to everything. And if you learn the system, you can break the code and you can do, you can do incredible things. And that's why this reminds me of jujitsu. One, one decision could have thrown everything off. Yeah. So I want to thank you for being my first guest on the Submit podcast. No, thank you for having me. Man, I had such a great time. Yeah. And uh, thank you for being open and honest yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. And uh, You're welcome. looking forward to talk more, man. And yeah. I'll see you on the map. See you Saturday morning. Yes, yeah. bro. Thanks, brother. <laughs> All right. That's it. Stop. <laughs>